It is once again the G1 Climax 33 recap and review show here on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show podcast channel, wherever wherever it is you decide to listen to what I do. By the way, I'm Mr. Warren Hayes. Thank you very much for being here. We're going to be reviewing, talking about the results of night 11, which occurred on August 1st, 2023 of the G1 Climax 33. So, you know, before we get into it, I'm just going to remind you very, you know, very tangently, you know, just very simply, hey, leave a like and a subscription here on youtube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes if that's where you're watching it or uh, a, a review or a rating over on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or where, wherever it is you you listen to your, uh, to your uh, podcast. That kind of stuff would help out a great deal. And why not both? You know, it's, it doesn't have to be either or. Both or all four or as many times as you can. It's the kind of stuff that helps out quite a bit. But listen, we're going to get right into the nitty gritty here because there's a, there's a lot to talk about about this match, about this show, uh, Night 11, which, by the way, is the final combined block night for uh, blocks A and B. Now, the next two nights... That uh, the the next time that we see A and B block action, they will be on completely separate nights. The same thing is going to happen with C and D, uh, block C and D tomorrow when they are split as well. But we'll talk about that later. So final night of combined action. And uh, so there's only one night left. Lots of critical things were happening uh, on this show today. Um, a show which overall... I think was better than night 10 where night 10 I thought was just a bunch of stuff just just matches and you know nothing special about it uh this kind of felt like this but there's a couple of really cool saving graces here a couple of matches that I will be in position to recommend for you uh without any uh without any problems but hey let's get to the results first and foremost like we usually do Block A had Hikaleo defeating Kaito Kiyomiya. Uh, Red Narita defeated Chase Owens. Sonata defeated Gabe Kidd. And Yoda Suji defeated Shota Umino. Now, as it stands for Block B, we had Great Okan going over Yoshihashi. El Fantasmo uh, defeating Tai Chi. Tangaloa defeating Will Ospreay. And in the main event, Kazuchika Okada put away Kenta for... Not only the night, but the tournament. Oh, are we talking about eliminations just yet? Yeah, we shouldn't. We shouldn't talk about eliminations just yet, but we will, but soon. Let's get to it. We'll, let's start talking about the matches. Of course, we're going to start with A block again tonight. Uh, Kaito Kiyomiya. This was the first match of the show, actually. Kaito Kiyomiya uh, losing to Hikaleo. Um, look, I, when you look at the when you look at the score, you look at the points uh, on, on you know on the board. Uh, especially if you're watching right now on YouTube or on Spotify, you can you can you can see the the current standings of the block. Um, it makes a lot of sense leading into the final night um, to have uh, Kiyomiya lose. Now, does it make does it make a lot of sense for Kiyomiya to lose to Hikaleo, where I was absolutely convinced that there was no way that former GHC World Champion would lose to you know one of the lower mid card guys of New Japan, despite the fact that he's very tall. But, you know, Gato, he likes himself, uh, you know, his big monsters. He likes his he likes his big guys in his tournaments just to 
throw some monkey wrenches, get some, get, rack up some surprise points. Well, this is what's happening with Hikaleo right now. He's defying my soft elimination from quite a few nights ago. I thought this guy was through, but he's, you know, at least mathematically still in the conversation. I, you know, there, there's still uh, everything pointing against him moving into the playoffs. Uh, but uh, if anything in this show here, we're going to see, I'm already getting into block analysis here, but because <laughs> everything's intertwined uh, after this show. Um, but as for the match itself, look, Hikaleo over the past two, three nights, he's been showing a lot more confidence, I guess would be the word. And I, I you know, he's been, there's a little more of a, uh, of a spark in what he's doing. I think it's a lot more interesting. I think his work has not been as uh, as tedious as uh, as it has the uh, the capacity to be. How about that? Uh, I you know I kind of liked it and uh, thought it was a good opener, good little opener. Kiyomiya, you know, did, did everything he could, but I guess he was just overpowered here. And again, I, I find it kind of strange, you know, just on the political level, for Noah to say, "Yeah, you know what." But maybe Noah doesn't give a shit. Maybe this is adding a little more credence to the idea that Kaito is on his way out of Noah. I don't know. We haven't talked about that in a while because, you know, we're in the midst of the tournament. There hasn't been many other, there hasn't been many signs since the lead up. It's hard to say. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. Maybe the prophecy will will come full circle, and he is indeed, you know, planning a soft exit from from Noah. I don't know. Look, Hikaleo in a pretty good effort lands the spinning power slam and the choke slam for the win. Good for him. Another six points. He still stays in the conversation, defying my own projections. Uh, Red Narita defeated Chase Owens. This was Narita's first uh, G one win. Um, I thought this was, look, it was your classic, you know, heel in control match here. This is what Chase Owens did. He maintained control throughout the entire tournament, uh, the entire match here, um, which, uh, which is, you know, not quite as energetic. He did it very, very old school, uh, so that, you know, when Red Narita's comebacks, his hope spots and his comeback were going to happen. Uh, did get the crowd energized and on, his, and on their feet, but it didn't quite work that way. And I thought the match felt fell a little flat. I think the, the the work was fine. I think this was okay. I think this was pretty good. Not pretty good. I thought it was good. Let's dial it back a little. I thought it was good, but uh, you know, there's something about Narita right now that just isn't connecting and it's not working and it he wasn't able to rally crowd support behind him I think he's you know I think he's playing too much of the straight lace and he doesn't have the he doesn't have the aura look if I I know this is a tired comparison don't get me wrong but if he is supposed to be Shibata Jr. Shibata had an aura about him he had a thing about him where he just came in, acted like a killer, looked like a killer, and would kill you. Figuratively speaking, of course. 
But that's the that's what he'd do. In these circumstances here, uh, with Narita, Narita is lacking that powerful aura that I think is just an intangible thing. That is just something that, you know, a guy like Shibata has, a guy like Ishii has. They just have this this look, this aura about them, and you're like, oh, okay, this guy's gonna, this guy's about to fuck someone up. But it's not the case here. Not with Ren, quite unfortunately. Um, but, uh, so, you know, we were, you know, a bunch of us were talking earlier today, you know, um, uh, we're, we're talking about all of this today. And, you know, maybe it's about time we start talking about the Reiwa 2 Musketeers as opposed to Narita. Look, I came into this tournament telling you all, if there's one guy who needs a strong performance here, you know, both in ring and in points, it's Narita because the two other guys have so many intangibles going for them that he needs to come out. He needs to convince the work rate crowd that he's the real deal at the very least and he didn't he didn't manage to do that even in even with his lackluster performance in points i would say his g1 has been lackluster overall and he's clearly the outlier between the three that the company wants to build on so look it is what it is i you know the match happened Narita avoids a, a, a jewel heist and he locks in a, a Cobra twist to get uh, Chase Owens to tap. So that's fine. Like Owens did what he had to do. I think Narita didn't live up to his end of the bargain in this match. It's my my overall thought. Sonata defeated Gabe Kidd. I thought this match ruled. I thought, look, I, I am slowly becoming a Gabe Kidd guy. I think what he brings, the energy, like that, 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 that rage, that, that fired up anger that he's got, has is is a proposition that doesn't exist in New Japan, and it feels fresh. It feels uh, different, you know. I, and I know, and look, even Alex Coughlin is trying to emulate it, and he can't do it as well because there is something very real about Gabe Kidd's fire that he's channeling into what he does you know he came out first so he didn't get the jump on the world champion here but he's still tearing barricades down he's still scaring the shit out of the audience he's doing his entrance through the audience and flipping them off like his whole aura his whole thing is you don't know what i'm gonna do next i can come at you from any which way and this rules and this energy that he had kid carried this entire this entire match because at up until this point um you know solid work but nothing with that ever hit like a second or third gear and sometimes you get worried with sonata matches i do i still do you get worried with sonata matches because you know he's not necessarily the most uh the most energetic final stretch guy there is but this was physical and spiteful by you know just some great spiteful work by 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 kid you even see him in the ring draping draping the the world championship over his shoulder you know you're looking at it and it's like okay the, yeah i can you know the, we're manifesting something here that could absolutely go the right way he absolutely could be a top guy gene for this company if they decide to push him properly and if he and if he follows suit, of course. 
got all sorts of great moves here. No, I really, really liked. Um, I really liked this uh, this match. I think it's probably one of my favorite Sonata matches of the tournament. And Gabe Kid delivers another good one. What do you want from me? It's been good. And then the uh, last match of A Block, the the second to last match of the evening, we had Yota Suji going over Shota Umino in the final match of the Reiwa Three Musketeers. But really, it's the Reiwa Two. And this was my match of the night. Unquestionably, this match was awesome. It was tremendous. It was fantastic. Great. Greater than great. These guys, these guys had a, a perfect build to an absolutely electric final stretch. You know, testing each other out, throwing moves at each other. And then, uh, and then a little later, the, the final stretch kicks in when these two guys start laying into each other. They start, they, they start to slug it out, you know, like, you know, hockey, hockey fight style and it rules and they're just laying bombs on each other and Suji knocks Umino down with a headbutt just fantastic stuff get an avalanche Spanish fly by Yoda Suji that's right and the and the huge huge falcon arrow we're two minutes left into the match Shota Umino stomps uh, uh, stomps the head off of a spear attempt by Yoda Suji which was amazing we get a neck breaker that follows cradle DDT, but one minute left, we get a spear by Suji for the win. I got nothing bad to say about this match. This absolutely ruled. Uh, and this is Yoda Suji's, by the way, uh, well, I'm sure you heard commentary saying that this was the first time he's defeated uh, Shota Umino in singles action. So that was a big deal for him. And he wanted that, he wanted that so bad that he even tossed Umino out of the ring he wanted all the he wanted all the spotlight on him. Look, I thought this was spectacular. I thought it was a great, great pairing, a great fight between the two principals of these three musketeers uh, who absolutely showed up. And Suji has been showing up every single time, so that was fantastic. But Umino, where was I at the start of the year? You know, I don't know if you know. Maybe you're new here. To the Mr. Warren Hayes Show uh, podcast stuff, um, but at the, so just to clue you in, at the start of the year, I was completely off of the uh, Shota Umino train. You know, after that that egg he laid with Tetsuya Naito, I was like, "What is this kid doing? If he can't have a great match with Tetsuya Naito, what are we even doing here?" And he had had a very rocky start too, but as the year progressed, like this is a guy who took. Any type of criticism he received, I'm not saying that I had anything to do with this, I don't have that pretension, but he took all of the criticism that he received and he doubled down and he worked and he worked his ass off to get better. He is, he had, Shota Umino has had an absolutely fantastic tournament, delivered consistently every night, good to great matches, every single night of this tournament. I loved it. I loved this match. And you, and 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 it's crazy that just a few months ago, I was shrugging my shoulders. I was like, I don't get it. I, I don't see how this is going. But a couple of months later, 
maybe talking to Mox. I don't know. I don't know what it took, but something clicked and it's clicking and he's he's confident. I think he's feeling it more. I think he's also, you know, his 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 moveset doesn't feel all over the place like it was either. I think he's focusing on his strengths here. He's focusing on things that work. Great match by two guys who are supposed to be the future of the of this company. And I'll tell you what, these two guys are only going to get better. This is the thing that's wild. As great as this was, and as good as these dudes are, they're just going to get better. This is crazy to me. We we really, uh, we really, uh, uh, um, we really are watching some history right now. And here's another thing that added to this match: uh, the time limits. Since there have been so many draws, and especially in Block A where I believe all the draws in the tournament have happened in block A except one. Um, you know, as we're getting to one minute left, because this match went almost went the distance, right? Like over 19 minutes, cage match has, that, cage match has it at 19.20. It almost went time again. And so this becomes a possibility. This becomes plausible moving forward. It becomes plausible when you see these matches. You're like, well, they, they might just go to time here. Well, I don't know. They didn't, but it was a possibility. So if we look at the standings for Block A right now, Sonata up still at the tippity top at 12. He just might up uh, sweeping. He just might end up sweeping here. Kaito Kiyomiya. Here's the thing. Kaito Kiyomiya, Shota Umino, Hikaleo all tied at six. Gabriel Kidd and Yoda Suji at five points apiece. And then Chase Owens and Ren Narita are officially out of the tournament with, uh, with Umino... Uh, and uh, with, with Umino and Hikaleo scoring wins, uh, not Umino, uh, uh, with Hikaleo scoring a win, and Yoda Suji as well, um, mathematically, Chase Owens and Ren Narita are both uh, done with the tournament. Uh, if we want to talk about this real quickly, um, the, uh, this is just, this is all happening because Hikaleo scored a win, to, and Maiden got himself up to six points because on the final night of Block A, which is on August 5th, Shota Umino and Hikaleo are fighting one-on-one. -on -one. So one of these two guys has to make it to eight points. One of these two guys is going to make it to eight or at the very least seven, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, if, we, if we're still in the draw scenarios, which I, you know, again, is something that in, the, in, G, in recent G1s, you wouldn't consider draw scenarios all this much, but in this block here, you have to. But at the very least, so at the very least, both of these guys are going to finish at seven points. Owens and Narita uh, are both at four points apiece, so even if they win their next match, mathematically, they cannot overcome either Shota Umino or Hikaleo. Because at the, at the very least, they're scoring seven points. And if Kiyomiya wins his match, well, he's... Or again, at the very least, draws, he'll be bare minimum seven. He'll be bare minimum seven. And if I'm not mistaken, his final match uh, on the... Uh, on August 5th, there we go, is against Ren Narita. So even if Ren Narita were to defeat Kaido Kiyomiya, he'd tie him. So he... And again, Hikaleo and Shota Umino, one of these guys is 
moving away with, at the very least, an extra point. There's no way Narita and Chase Owens are making it out of the block. Now, I am soft eliminating Yoda Suji and Gabriel Kidd. They are fighting their last match together, one-on-one, -on, -one, uh, on August 5th. So, if you know either guy wins, they're up to seven points, which still mathematically keeps them in contention. And unless Hikaleo and Shota Umino end with a draw, they still have a chance. They, uh, sorry, unless Shota Umino and, Hik and Hikaleo draw, these guys are out of the tournament as well. But there's still the possibility that they might draw, which would bring a whole bunch of guys at seven points. It's probably the scenario that's not going to happen, which is why I'm soft eliminating them. I don't think we're going to end up with a wacky four-way or even a five-way uh, draw situation here. I don't think so. I think, you know what I think? I think the clear path here is Shota Umino scores his eight points. I think Kiyomiya is going to lose to Narita on the last night and Umino is going to move forward. I think this is what we're doing. I think Shota Umino qualifies for the playoffs. Otherwise, the, the, the other thing, the other situation here, See, because the, the other situation here is, uh, you know, if Kiyomiya wins, he goes up to eight. But if I'm not mistaken, Kiyomiya, uh, Kiyomiya lost to Hikaleo. That's right. So Hikaleo, so if Hikaleo wins against Shota Umino, that brings him up to eight. If Kiyomiya wins against um Narita, that brings him up to eight, but Hikaleo has the tiebreaker. Now, that would be the wildest scenario, and frankly, I've told y'all from the start, this tournament was going to be unpredictable, and this block is very hard to predict, and I would not be surprised if, at this point, if Hikaleo makes it to the playoffs. I don't think so. I think the safe bet is Shota Umino versus Hikaleo because they're fighting each other on the last night. Anyway... I, I still think showed us the the, the 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 safer bet here, but it could be just a bad tournament for the Rewa three. I don't know. Look, I don't know what it, it, it's a very tight race yet. There's only two guys who are clearly eliminated. Everyone else still holds a chance, but Sonata's qualified. He's going to the playoffs, so we're fighting for the runner-up spot here. Uh, so there we go. So that uh, that's what's happening for Block A. B Block time starts off with um, Yoshihashi, Great Okan defeating Yoshihashi. Um, so I think one of the things that differentiated uh, Night 11 from Night 10 was that everyone who was in contention for points, well, who was... Let me say that again. Everyone who was looking for points to stay alive, to stay in contention in the block, were working really hard to make it happen. And it showed, right? Great Okan was already eliminated, but Yoshihashi was still in the running. If he was to score 
uh, if he was to score a win, he would still probably be uh, in the conversation. Uh, he would have been. Uh, he would have went up to four points. But none. But this is where his tournament ends in a match which really cooked. You know, you know we're, we're, we're talking about, I, I've just been talking about how good of a tournament um, uh, uh, Shota Umino had, but we cannot set aside the consistent work of Yoshihashi, who always has his working boots on. I, you know, I say it every time, but this will probably be the last time we're going to talk about him in any meaningful capacity because he is eliminated from the tournament officially now. Um, he uh, works hard every single time he gets out there. You know, no one really expects him to win the tournament, but everyone always expects him to bring the best out of his opponent and get the best out of himself at the same time. Like, this is a guy who never really takes a night off. And this was the same case here. Uh, I thought I thought this was a very good match. I thought this was very good. Match really cooked at some point as well. Lots of back and forth, especially after the Kumigoroshi that Yoshihashi lands. He runs into an eliminator by Great Okan for the win. But, you know, he wrestled consistently, wrestled like he needed to win. Great pace, energetic, super dynamic exchanges. You know, if I were to rate this, I'd give it maybe a three and a half, maybe a three and a quarter and three three and three quarters if I'm feeling happy and in that vicinity you know super strong match I really liked it but unfortunately Yoshihashi's G1 dreams once again have been extinguished then we got El Phantasmo versus Taichi again this match felt important because of the points you know Taichi knew what kind of position he was in he was at six points if you were to win here, he'd be up at the top of the conversation, hanging out there with Will Ospreay. Fortunately, that's not what uh, that's not what happened. And El Fantasmo as well, you know, knew what was that this was a critical match for him. So he had to get in here and you know chop his way through and and uh and, and pull out as many moves as he could to put Taichi away because Taichi was ready landing. Uh, landing axe bombers and dangerous suplexes. They're in and out of their finishers towards the end. Taichi is trying to land a ghetto clutch. Can't quite do it. We get some kicks, some fighting spirit. And another ghetto clutch gets the win for ELP, who feels like he's got to sneak one out because he's not going to land this with one of his typical finishers. So unfortunately, that also ends Taichi's tournament. But this was a match that was wrestled because, again, the points were important. I thought this was very good. It keeps ELPs, uh, 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 it keeps ELP alive. It's good. It's good stuff. It was a good match. Then we had the surprise of the night, where Tongaloa defeated Will Osprey. I thought this was pretty good. You know, uh, this was not a Will Osprey pace. Type of match we were working a Tongaloa pace match here. Uh, is it because of the knee injury, so on and so forth? I couldn't tell you. I'm not there, but you know this was not your fast-paced Will Osprey match, though. Um, we, you know, but you know Tongaloa is doing his best to 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 keep up with uh, to keep up with Osprey's offense. 
lands a blue thunder bomb, get a series of strikes in. Tongaloa turns uh, Osprey inside out with some lariats as well. Osprey lands an Ozcutter. He goes for a Pescado. It's countered by a strike on the floor. And then Tongaloa shoves Will Osprey off the rails like five rows into the audience kind of thing, right? And he does a spear through the chairs. The referee starts the count. Tongaloa Tongaloa starts to make his way back to the ring, but he doesn't get back in. He stays on the outside of the apron, and this is important, this is critical, because as you know, if you roll back into the ring, it resets the count. But he doesn't want to reset the count. He just speared Osprey, and he's waiting on the side of the ring. Osprey makes his way back. He's at ringside at the 18 count, and as he gets there, as he gets to the ringside, Tongaloa spears him on the floor and immediately bounces right back into the ring. Gets the count out victory. A win is a win. And Osprey got suckered here. Fantastic stuff. Like the match in and about itself was well worked. It was all right. Don't get me wrong. It's, you know, not a, you know, it's not a, it's not a, 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 a special, anything special, but what a creative finish. What a good tactical finish to this match where Osprey didn't get pinned. He was just outsmarted, got ungood, outdone. But the match itself, physical, good. And Will, because of this loss, is in a bit of a pickle now. Because if he loses to El Fantasmo, he's not qualifying. Had Will won this match, there would have been no point <laughs> to, the, to, the, uh, to the next night of, 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 uh, of Block B. Because... Okada would have been up there. Osprey would have qualified. And, you know, at this point in the game, you know, Phantasma wouldn't be able to uh, wouldn't be able to advance. Like it, it, Osprey winning would have meant the end of the block officially, and with Okada and Osprey both qualifying and moving forward. Great finish. And then the main event. We had Kazuchika Okada versus Kenta. Uh, and I was hoping that Kenta would have his working boots on like he did with Osprey uh, a few nights ago in a very good match. This was not the case. Uh, I was really hoping for it, especially since we were doing, since Kenta was doing so much stalling at first. I like a good stall. I really do. So I enjoyed that part. It doesn't bother me. I think it's a great heel tactic, especially for a guy who relies a lot on shtick now for his uh, for his heel stuff to get over. So it's, you know, for me, wasn't that big a deal. But eventually, you know, they do lock up and, uh, you know, we're, Kenta is taking things very slow. He's in control. He does a DDT and a neck breaker and he keeps the pace really slow. He's grinding the head. He's doing, you know, headlocks and whatnot. And we're 10 minutes in and it's been very plodding so far. I can't say this was an exciting match. We got a drop kick to the floor by uh, Kazuchika Okada. And Kenta gets booted over the rail. But then Kenta reverses it, lands a dream killer over the rail. There's a ref bump 15 minutes in back in the ring. Kendo stick gets involved. He whips Okada a bit with it. Okada fights back, gets rid of the kendo stick. He doesn't play like that. He drops, he drop kicks Kenta, while he has the Defy title in his hand, that never really comes into play. That's very much a, 
that's very, very much a MacGuffin here. The title stays in the, in the ring the entire time, but never comes into play. In the last three minutes, this is where Kenta lights up, starts striking Okada down with these his huge open palm strikes, ripcord jumping knee, busaiku knee, two minutes left. He lands back fists and a drop kick. Oh, sorry, Okada lands back fists and a drop kick. A landslide as well. Kenta sneaks out of a rainmaker, but uh, Okada lands the landslide again. And the Rainmaker connects. I don't know why they did the same finish twice. Without, without Kenta really getting any extra offense. And like it was like landslide. Oops, missed the Rainmaker. Okay, Okada goes back. And Kenta sort of like s s tries to slink away. And another landslide and another Rainmaker. I don't know why we did it twice. Thankfully, this was a good last three minutes. Like the last three minutes are very, very energized and energetic. Because... This had all the trappings of a snoozer Kenta match. I don't think this was particularly, especially for a main event. Uh, I don't think it was anything to write home about. I don't think it was great. Uh, it, I guess the work was fine, but uh, a lot of smoke and mirrors. A lot of nonsense in this match. But uh, there you go. Okada up there at 10 points. Officially qualifying. To be in the playoffs. Like even because again, even if Osprey wins his next match his ne on uh, in two nights, um, he's going to tie Will at ten. Uh, he's going to tie uh, Okada at ten, and uh, Okada has the tiebreaker. Like it doesn't matter. They're both they're both moving on. They they they, they both move on to the to the playoffs. So you know none of it really matters. It's just Okada will end up winning the block. So, as far as eliminations go here, <laughs> for, um, the board got wiped here. There's all but three people that are still in the conversation. Like I said, Kazuchika Okada, he's, he's confirmed he's moving forward. Will Ospreay's at eight. El Fantasmo's at six. So, it's really down to those two guys to see who's going to be the runner-up. So, that's going to be the big, big match for Block B on August 6th. That's going to be tremendous because, again, let's just, I'll walk you through it once again. Will Ospreay, if if El Fantasmo beats Will Ospreay because he's fighting Will Ospreay on the last night, uh, he'll get eight points. We'll tie Will, but we'll have the tiebreaker. He will move on. Whereas if Ospreay wins, he gets his 10 points. It doesn't matter whether, you know, who has the tiebreaker or not between Okada and Will. There's no one close enough then to challenge that's all. Will Ospreay and Okada will be in the playoffs. Um, but I think Fantasmo has a very good chance of making the playoffs. I think you'll be surprised at how ready Will Ospreay might be to put the guy over. Because doesn't it kind of feel that Will Ospreay's putting a lot of guys over as someone who's leaving the territory should be, right? I, I Look, I'm not saying that it's happening. Not saying he's leaving, but I'm saying, huh, this is suddenly very, it's suddenly very interesting. As for the rest of the block, look, Great Okan, we already knew, was eliminated. Uh, and uh, Kenta got eliminated by losing to Okada. 
tonight, so he's also out of the conversation. Um, tai Chi is out. Uh, he has the tiebreaker on Will, but El Fantasmo has the tiebreaker on Tai Chi. Because don't forget, Tai Chi still has six points like El Fantasmo, right? And maybe you're like, well, Warren, he has the same amount of points as El Fantasmo. Why isn't Tai Chi still in this conversation? I'll tell you why. Because, like I said, Fantasmo has six points, but has the win over, has the tiebreaker win over Osprey. So, regardless of the result of Osprey versus Fantasmo in a couple of nights, regardless of that result, Tai Chi is still out. Because, look, let's say Tai Chi does win on August 6th. That would make him, that would make him finish with eight points. Let's say that happens. If Osprey wins, He's at 10 points. Osprey moves forward. That's it. If ELP wins, ELP is at 8 points. So ties with Tai Chi. But El Fantasmo has the tiebreaker on Tai Chi. So he'll move forward. So either way, Tai Chi is done. And it's the same for Tongaloa. Uh, he's got too many people uh, up top who's got, uh, who, have the, uh, who have a tiebreaker with him. So it's the same situation. Yoshihashi also lost. He was also eliminated. So really, we're down to one match. So Block B on August 6th is all about one match happening. One match to, to, to rule us all, essentially. That's the one. There's one match that will determine the fate of, uh, of, um, of the, uh, the runner-up for Block B and therefore qualifying for the playoffs. I'm done with that. I think that's exciting. I think that's good. Uh, we're going a little long today, so let's get into the recommendations. I uh, will absolutely recommend Shota Umino versus Yota Suji to you. I think that was a tremendous match. It's absolutely the, the top one. I will give you Gabe Kidd and Sonata as well. I think those are two matches you should go out of your way to watch. And um, you know what? I, I know I spoiled the finish, right? Because that's kind of what we do. But if you want to see it in real time... Um, you know, and you won't be bored either if you watch Tongaloa versus Will Ospreay. I thought it was, you know, the match is fine. The match is pretty good. Um, you know, I can't outright recommend it, but, you know, I could recommend it just to see how good that finish was because it really was a fantastic finish. And if you wanted to sit down and watch the entire show, you you could. Like, it's it's not a bad night of, of pro wrestling. It's definitely in, uh, better than night 10. It's not as great as night 5. Or night one, for instance, you're not going to have your mind blown throughout. But it's definitely a better night of pro wrestling. It's a good show that you that you can absorb absolutely sit down and absorb. I thought it was pretty good. But if you're stripped for time, those are my recommendations right there. As it stands now for tomorrow in the G1 Climax, we are uh, heading over to... We're heading over to Hiroshima um, for the final night of Block C and D action. And then after that, C and D will both have their uh, own individual nights on August 8 and 9, respectively, on night. Uh, so um, night 12 then, August 2nd, Mikey Nichols for C Block is going to be taking on Evil. Uh, Mikey Nichols is eliminated from the tournament, so the best he can hope to do here is spoil some stuff for Evil. 
Um, Hinari versus Tomohiro Ishii, two guys who also are effectively out of the tournament. Tamatanga versus Eddie Kingston. I'm excited to see how that one's going to go. And Shingo Takagi versus Dave Finley. This is do or die for Shingo at this point. Um, I mean, C block is still highly contested, don't get me wrong, but it really is do or die for for Shingo uh, in this uh, at this stretch of the tournament. And uh, for D block, we're going to have Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Alex Coughlin. Coughlin has been eliminated from the tournament. Uh, I would not be surprised that they try to keep Tanahashi in the conversation here. Shane Hayes will probably pick up another win over Toru Yano. Hiroki Goto versus Jeff Cobb is going to be very interesting. Um, again, the rib injury for Goto. We don't know how severe, how serious it is, but we'll see how that comes into play and how it comes into play in the decision here as well for Jeff Cobb. And Tetsuya Naito will be taking on Zack Sabre Jr. These guys have a lot on the line. And if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, let's pull up pull up block D here on our standings for those of you who are who have the benefit of video right now. So right now, Zack Sabre Jr. is at eight points and Naito is at six. This is another, this is also a do or die situation for Naito if he wants to qualify. And I think, you know, I'm still very much behind the uh I'm still very much behind the Naito, uh, the Naito push to get to the finals here. Because uh the final night of Block D has Tetsuya Naito versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. So if Tanahashi scores, you know, a win tomorrow, uh, yeah, tomorrow. If he scores a win tomorrow, he's at eight points. Tetsuya Naito is going to be at eight points too. Zach Shepard Jr. is going to stay at eight points and we'll see what Jeff Cobb does. But I think we might be leading into Block D with a bunch of guys at eight points. And I still think that Naito is going to sneak into this. Uh, he's going to have that comeback, that big comeback win. And uh, after after having a bit of a shaky start, that's usually his MO. And then he'll, he'll swoop in at the end and will qualify. Maybe not win the block, but at the very least qualify. qualify. And um, I, I think safe, I, I think money should be bet on a block D on, on Block D, um, providing Tetsuya Naito and Zack Sabre Jr. into the into the playoffs. That, I think that's fairly safe. I think that's fairly safe. So we'll see what happens. There's absolutely going to be a, uh, there's absolutely going to be uh, at least two people who are going to be eliminated uh, on, uh, on Block D when we speak once again tomorrow for another edition of the G1 Climax 33 recap and review here on the Mr. Warren Hayes show stuff. So if you're if you haven't already consider liking and subscribing and reviews and ratings and all that good stuff wherever you may be, you may be watching or listening. Uh, I will be back a little if you're listening to this on um, on the uh, on the Tuesday on August 1st. I will be back a little later on today with a live recording of the Mr. Warren Hayes show. So feel free to drop in on that. The replay will be available tomorrow and I'll also be back tomorrow for the G1. So there's a lot of stuff going on. So whenever you decide to come back and join me, I'll see you next time.